Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Bless the Lord. It is good to see everybody today in the house of the Lord. You have joined us via live stream. God bless you. Thank you for inviting us into your home. You know, in 2021, we have talked about and are talking about steadfastness. The need for you and I to be steadfast, immovable, unshakable, amen, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Last week, we spoke about the peril of the lack of steadfastness, how the path becomes unclear and even hidden from those who need it most. And we ended our sermon talking about men in the Old Testament who were steadfast in their service to the Lord. Now, I think it would be remiss for us to talk about the importance of steadfastness without spending time talking first about God's steadfast love for his people. So today, we're going to spend some time talking about and highlighting and learning from God's steadfast love. You know, you and I can be steadfast in our trust. You and I can be steadfast in our faith to him because of God's steadfast love toward us. So take your notes out that you received as you walked in today and notice point one, the earth is filled with God's steadfast love. The earth is filled with the steadfast love of the Lord. Take your Bible with me and turn to Psalm 33. Psalm 33, verse 5, reading out the New Living Translation. Verse 5 says, He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love. The Hebrew word there is hased. And hased is mentioned some 240 times in the Old Testament, over 130 times here in the book of Psalms. Now, because the Hebrew language is so much more depth than the English language, often you'll find the, the Hebrew word hased translated with many different words because not just one word can really totally describe it. You'll, you'll, you'll see words like steadfast or loving kindness, the unfailing love of God. You'll also see it translated as grace and sometimes even as mercy. So verse 5 says, he loves whatever is just and good, the unfailing love, the steadfast love of the Lord fills the earth. The truth of the matter is the unfailing love of the Lord fills everything around us. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 1 verse 2 says, In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, through whom also he made 
the worlds. The worlds were created by the word, the son of God. Through him, he's made everything and he upholds all things by the word of his power. So he who created everything upholds everything by the right hand of his righteousness. So be encouraged today because you can see the steadfast love of the Lord. It fills the whole earth. The English standard version translates Psalm 33 verse 5. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. So I want you to remind yourself of God's constant love, God's constant care, his steadfast love for you. I want you to be encouraged today. I cannot think about the call to steadfastness without seeing the steadfast love of God toward us. We might be unfaithful, but God is faithful. Amen. As a society, as a people, we might be going through some uncertain moments. As a world, we might be thrown into a time of travail. But lift up your head because the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Now go back to Psalm 33. Let's begin reading in verse 1. Psalm 33 verse 1 says, let the godly sing joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the string or the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything that he does. He loves whatever is just and good, and the steadfast, unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. Everybody said, amen. Notice the psalmist said, sing for joy. Now write this, it is fitting, it is fitting for you to be joyful and for you to sing for joy, even when there's a shaking going on, even when there's a time of travail happening, even when there's hardship around us, even when there are uncertain moments we are facing, it is good for you and fitting for you to sing for joy. The psalmist said, gather the instruments together. So this was not a quiet praise. It was a loud praise. I believe it's time for the church to get a little loud with her praise. I believe the world needs to see the church get a little noisy for the things of God, to rejoice in the goodness of God, and to let the world know that we are not shaken, but we believe in the goodness of God and the steadfast love of the Lord fills the earth. Notice what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, sing uh, a new song. Let me tell you something of what is interesting about this new song. I think it's prophetic in nature. See, it's born and birthed out of communion. 
It's a song that is birthed. It's unique to you. It belongs only to you. And it's birthed out of communion that you have with the Lord. As you are experiencing the goodness of God, the Lord begins to birth a new song in you. It's birthed out of experience and a personal time you have with the Lord. Church, I believe it's time for you and I to sing a new song to the Lord, a song of praise. I believe it's time that we shout joyfully to the Lord our God. Know this, we can trust. We can trust, be encouraged no matter your circumstances today. Verse 4 says, for the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. Ooh, I like that. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can trust him. <laughs> you may be going through some, some tough things, but you can trust him. You may be experiencing some, some moments of uncertainty, but guess what? You can trust him. We can trust everything he does. Psalm 107 verse 43 says, those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful, steadfast love of the Lord. They will see the steadfast love. Why is it important for you to sing? Why is it important for you to have a new song? Because the world is watching you. And they will see the history of God's goodness in your life. They'll see that you cannot contain your praise. You cannot contain your thanksgiving. Even in the moment of trial, even in the moment of uncertainty, you have a song to the Lord. And it's a testimony of his steadfast love to you. The word of God holds true. Look at verse 11 in Psalm 33. Verse 11 says, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Mm -mm. God's purposes cannot be shaken, church. What God has planned will stand forever. Which brings me to this thought. His work is dependable. His work is dependable. Trust everything he does. The idea is his work is reliable, steady, firm. James in the New Testament tells us, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning with God. Spencer Jones in their commentary writes this, all God's working, all his dealings with his creatures have truth and equity and faithfulness for their bases. He can be totally Trusted. Can anybody testify today that God can be trusted to keep his promises? We rejoice and sing today because of the steadfast love of God. The earth is filled with his love. Brings us to our second point. God's steadfast love is a source of hope. The steadfast love of the Lord can be a source of hope to you. Now, go with me and turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Lamentations. Now, I know in your mind you're thinking, 
lamentations, what good thing can come out of a book that means weeping, that means to lament. The book of Lamentations chapter 3 verses 19 through 24 holds one of the most powerful and probably one of the most famous verses of hope. But we pick up here in Jeremiah's experience. It says, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. Ooh, I like that. I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love, the steadfast love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. I want to read verse 22 and 23 out of the English Standard Version because it may be more familiar to a lot of you. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The lights may do what they want, but God's faithfulness stands true. Can you say amen? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. How many remember the song? After this verse, you'll notice that the book of Lamentations is a book of weeping. It's an expression of grief. Jeremiah was going through a grief process because of the brokenness of the Jewish state. He was going through a time of grief, of sorrow and pain because of the willful abandonment of God by the people of God. And because of the consequences of the impending judgment of God. The historical analysis is this. Jerusalem has been besieged by the Babylonians. They're holding out as long as they can. And Jeremiah is prophesying that the the city of Jerusalem is going to be taken, captured, and, and they're going to be carried off to Babylonian captivity, which did happen. So Jerusalem is under siege by the Babylonians, In this great city, the symbol of God's presence and favor among his people is about to fall. It's a time of grief. Notice verse 20. I will never forget this awful time. I grieve over my loss. As you read these verses, you can almost feel the pain, the loss, the grief. It's palpable. However, Jeremiah teaches us something that is invaluable, but you cannot put a worth on it. Dare to hope. Come on, somebody. Dare to hope. Verse 21, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Yes, the verses leading up to verse 21 is full of pain, loss, and grief. One is almost given to despair, but wait. Jeremiah said, when I remember 
the steadfast love of the Lord. When I remember the goodness of God, when I remember the character of God, when I remember who my God is. Church, we don't have to be given to despair even though the way is hard. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul writes? He says, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair because our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Alpha and the Omega. Jeremiah said, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet in the midst of all, I still dare to hope. Just stop a moment. Allow this to sink deep into your spirit. There comes a point when you have to move from grieving to believing, from grieving to having hope. You say, well, pastor, you don't know. I've lost my job. I don't know where I'm going to pay the bills. My family's in turmoil. Pastor, you don't know. We're in conflict. Pastor, you don't know. My family's about to break out. Hear me. Believe. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. God can still work and move in your life. When I remember, Jeremiah said, write this under D, write the character of God. Remind yourself of the character of your God, of the goodness of your God. See, when I remind myself of the purposes and plans of my God, something begins to happen. Something in me begins to shift. Something in me begins to change. Jeremiah said, I would have been in despair. I would have lost all hope. I would have thought this was the end of anything good until I began to remember the steadfast love of the Lord. And I'm here to remind you the earth is filled with the steadfast love of God. Your life is riddled with accomplishments of the steadfast love of the Lord. Your life is a testimony of where you used to be to where you are today. And it speaks of the steadfast love of the Lord. So encourage yourself. Lift up your head and declare God is going to work. God is going to move. God's going to manifest his glory because his steadfast love never ceases. His love for me does not waver. His love for me does not change. His love for me does not shift. It is never altered. The steadfast love speaks of loyal love, unfailing love, kindness, goodness. It is often used of God's love that is related to faithfulness to his covenant. Listen to what Jeremiah writes. In verse 25 and 26 of Lamentations 3, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it's good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Jeremiah realized it is good for us to wait in dependence, to wait in trust. 
What do you do from the time you receive a bad report from the doctor to the time you see a manifestation of the path? And God brings freedom and deliverance. What do you do? You wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. What do you do when, you, when your family is in shambles and, and everything's falling apart, but you know that God's given you a promise? You know that God's given you a hope that your family is going to be restored. What do you do? You wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. There's something good about you and I waiting depending upon the Lord, casting our care upon him, trusting in him. And church, whatever your dreams are, hear me. I don't believe that, that the pandemic that we're walking through can destroy those dreams. I don't believe that the turmoil the world is in can stop the favor of God that's upon your life. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Hold on to his promise. Now notice his mercies never come to an end. Some translate this word mercies as compassion. The New King James looks at verse 22 this way. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fell not. His compassions fell not. Could Judah, the nation of Judah, could, could Judah reach a place where God did not remember his covenant? Could Judah, the nation, reach a place where the steadfast love of the Lord ceased or the mercies and compassions of the Lord were no more? The answer, Jeremiah says, is a resounding no. You say, well, why and how? Because notice, they are new every morning. The mercies of God, the compassions of God fail not. They are new every day. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond uh, the clouds. Be encouraged today. Yesterday may have been tough. This morning may have been rough getting ready for church. You may have had the biggest fight you and your spouse has ever had coming to the house of God. But hear me, the mercies of God are fresh every morning. <laughs> Extend mercy one to the other. Extend mercy to your brother and sister and realize you need the mercy of God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning, every day. Psalm 42, I've always been drawn to this psalm. It asks a question in verse 5, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? The psalmist says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now notice, there's discouragement, there's sadness, but he doesn't wait until that leaves before he begins to praise the Lord. He praises the Lord in the midst of the discouragement, in the midst of the sadness. He puts his hope in God. He says, I, I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But I love this verse, verse 8. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love 
upon me. Each day he pours his steadfast love over me. I want you to be encouraged today. Though our experiences are vastly different. Though what we may be going through, there's a commonality in it all, but yet there are many differences in each one of them. But the word of God stands true. Each day the Lord pours his steadfast love upon each of us. He pours his unfailing love upon us. And then Jeremiah utters these great words. Great is his faithfulness. Great. I'm here today, yes, to encourage us to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. But the reality of the matter is this. We can only be steadfast and movable as we realize God has been steadfast in his love toward us. Which brings us to our last point. Keep yourself in God's love. Go with me to the New Testament, to the book of Jude. We looked at this book last week. It is the book right before the book of Revelation. It's huge. It's humongous. It's one chapter long. I told the church, if you want to feel real spiritual and read a whole chapter today, a whole book today, read the book of Jude. Now, I want to read this out of the New King James. But you, beloved brethren, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Notice what Jude says. Keep yourself in the love of God. So there's personal responsibility. First of all, he says, build yourself up. How do you do that? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Church, we need to be a people who will pray in the Spirit. We must not simply be Pentecost in name. We must be Pentecost in experience. Now, notice what praying in the spirit will do. It will build yourself up. It will encourage you. It will strengthen you. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost and allow the Lord to build you up in these moments. Keep yourselves in the love of God. You say, well, how does one keep themselves in the love of God? They do so by remembering, by rethinking all that God has done. In connecting this thought of thinking about remembering with the steadfast love of God, Go back with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah 63, and let's look at verse 6 through 9. Reading the English Standard Translation. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord. I will remember the steadfast love of the Lord. The praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us and great goodness to the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to his abundance of his steadfast love. There it is, his steadfast love. 
For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. So notice what the prophet does. Isaiah heaps words upon words in an attempt to describe the love of God. He begins and ends the summary verse with God's steadfast love. Why? Because the unfailing love, the steadfast love of God surrounds us. And this felt assurance of his steadfast love is oxygen for our souls, keeping us alive, stabilizing us again and again, all the way until he brings us home to glory. Why do you need to remember and rethink the good things that God has done? Because it reminds you of the steadfast love of the Lord. It reminds you that his steadfast love never ceases. It will become oxygen to you. It will become a stabilizer when everything around you is being shaken. Everything around you is being turned inside and out. You'll have confidence in the the steadfast love of the Lord. You'll know he surrounds you. You'll know he's keeping you. You'll know he'll bring deliverance. You'll know that he'll help you. Why? Because God is a good, good God. Jeremiah said, I dare to hope. I dare to hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, never ends. Isaiah says, by going back and rethinking what he has done for us. Isaiah did this in verse 8 and 9. He said, God chose us. God became our Savior. He shared our afflictions, and he's given us his presence. He's redeemed us and carried us every step of the way. The highest love is steadfast love for people who don't even deserve it. And that's God's love for his people. It's the meaning of our lives. It's the story of salvation coming down into our world. Think of how the Christian church began. A little band of frightened believers in an outpost of the Roman Empire with all the powers of society against them. But God loved them. This is how one scholar helps us to see it. Within the space of 30 years after the death of Christ, the gospel had been carried to all parts of the civilized world. It had been preached in the most splendid, powerful, and enlightened cities. Churches were already founded in Jerusalem, Antioch, Corinth, Ephesus, Philippi, and at Rome. The gospel had spread all the way from Jerusalem to Arabia, to Asia Minor, to Greece, to Macedon, to Italy, and to Africa. It had assailed the most mighty existing institutions. 
it had encountered the most deadly and malignant opposition. Within 30 years, though, it accomplished all of these things. All was accomplished by the yieldedness of a band of men and women, Jews, fishermen, Nazarenes. They had neither wealth, armies, nor allies. Hear me today. The success of the church has never been and never can be accounted for by anything else other than that God attended to it. That his steadfast love endures from generation to generation. What never changes is God's steadfast love. It doesn't matter what forces and trends are against Christ today. Until he returns, he will always have enemies count on it. But don't worry about it. What never changes is God's steadfast love. The steadfast love for his people. And he will attend to his work. He will attend to his people. He will attend to his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Church 2020 was a testimony of God's faithfulness to you and I as GT Ministries. And I'm here to declare to you the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Let's worship.